Good morning, all. By this point in time, there are many revelations which have been kept and recorded, but they're not published. And missionaries leaving on a mission would stop by the place where these records were kept, and they would hand copy any that they wanted to take with them. So in today's study, there's a conference that had been called to discuss publishing the revelations. The conference took place at the Johnson Home in Hiram, Ohio, and Joseph laid the manuscript of the Book of Commandments before the church leaders. The council voted to print 10,000 copies. The Lord revealed the preface for the book in which he said, These commandments are of me and were given unto my servants in their weakness after the manner of their language that they might come to understanding. And the question arose among those that were there, was the simple language of Joseph Smith worthy of the voice of God? Joseph Smith's history said that a discussion followed concerning revelations in language, and some fears went unspoken during the discussion. After all, everyone in the room must have recognized how their counsel might appear to an outsider. A poorly educated 26-year-old farmer planned to publish 10,000 copies of Revelations that unequivocally declared themselves to be the word of Jesus Christ. The Revelations were not properly punctuated, the grammar was irregular, and though lacking confidence in his own literary skills or perhaps because of his limitations, Joseph was sure that his Revelation texts were divine, if imperfect, productions, and he promised the brethren present that they could know for themselves as well. So that came from the book Making Sense of the Doctrine and Covenants by Stephen C. Harper. Although they prayed, the promised answers didn't come, and Joseph asked the Lord why that, that was, and in response, he received section 67. The Lord's speaks in Doctrine and Covenants 67 to the assembled church leaders, noting that he has heard their prayers and knows the desires of their hearts. He knows they expected to receive a sure testimony of the revelations, but were disappointed. There were fears in your hearts, he tells them, and verily this is the reason that you did not receive. He gives them a testimony of the truthfulness of the book of Revelations lying on the table before them. He assures them he has read their minds. They have been watching Joseph, listening to him, observing his imperfections, and have secretly wished or perhaps even assumed that they could do a better job than he. <clears throat> the Lord offers them the opportunity to try. He tells them to have the wisest man in the council, or any of them who cares to, duplicate the simplest revelation in the Book of Commandments. If he succeeds, they can all justifiably say they do not know the revelations are true. If he fails, the Lord will find them all guilty unless they testify of the truth of the revelations. The Lord knows that these men know that whatever imperfections the revelations show, they conform to God's law, are full of holy principles, and are just, virtuous, and good and they can conclude that such texts come from God. That also came from the book, Making Sense of the Doctrine and Covenants, by Stephen C. Harper.
So we learn an important lesson here. What they knew was Joseph's language, Joseph's imperfections, Joseph's limitations. The problem was, in verse 5 of 67, your eyes have been upon him, quote unquote. Their focus was on Joseph. Where should it have been? I like the title given here in verse 9, the father of lights. Isn't that just the best description? Now think about our current day. Have you ever been distracted by the imperfection of leaders and found your thoughts centering around that rather than the Savior? Imagine for a moment that you're Joseph Smith. You're receiving revelation and experiences you're having. You then have to try to use language to put them down on paper. What you felt, what you've seen, Have you ever had an experience that was impossible to really describe as you experienced it? I think of some of the beautiful sunrises I've experienced. Even taking a picture never captures the beauty of it. Feelings I have during very sacred events, I've tried to journal those, but don't have the words to convey how it really happened. Joseph described it this way, quote, total darkness of pen, paper, and ink in a crooked, broken, scattered, and imperfect language, an awful responsibility. He surely felt the weight of it. The other thing we can learn here is that fear can stop our forward progress. It can hold us back and freeze us in place. In verse 3 of 67, we see that there were blessings offered, but because of fears in your hearts, They didn't receive the blessings. Think of it this way. If I wrapped up a beautiful present with something wonderful inside and handed it to you, if you were afraid of what might be in it and therefore didn't open it, you missed out on what I had offered. You'll notice in verse 1 of 67, he heard their prayers and knows their hearts. This is another lesson to understand. He hears you. He hears what's bothering you. He knows your heart. And as we serve him, as we are on his errand, there are four things to remember that we learn in this section, verses 13 through 14. Continue in peace. Don't let your mind turn back. Don't become lax and lazy, as President Nelson counseled. Don't feel like it's too hard and decide to retreat to to the easy and the comfortable. Remember, things happen in his own time. This is the third one. Our errand, our service, our discipleship are on his timetable, not on ours. And the fourth one, you will know and you will see. The work is from him. You can look back and see his hand in the work and in the errand. As we work within our stewardship, as we serve with With our errand from the Lord, we are counseled to do all with good cheer. Verse 6 of of section 68. Wherefore, be of good cheer and do not fear, for I, the Lord, am with you and will stand by you, and ye shall bear record of me, even Jesus Christ. We're never alone in the work. He stands by us. He increases our capacity and he qualifies us. So who of us are on the Lord's errand? Well, let's check. Section 70, 9 through 10. Behold, 
This is what the Lord requires of every man in his stewardship, even as I, the Lord, have appointed or shall hereafter appoint unto any man. Behold, none are exempt from this law who belong to the church of the living God. If you're a member of the church, you have a stewardship and errand from the Lord. We all do. Verse 15, we learn what is needed is diligence. Now this commandment I give unto the servants for their benefit, that while they remain for manifestation of my blessings upon their heads and for a reward of their diligence and for their security. Diligence has blessings attached. What is diligence? It's defined as careful and persistent work or effort. Okay, so the challenge question. What one thing this week would you like to be more diligent in while on the Lord's errand? Have a great week, everyone. And remember to always follow the Savior's admonition to come follow me.